0: your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply.
1: Cena's got Ziegler! LA! We're gonna have it. We're gonna break the record. Cena trying to leave no doubt. Kevin Owens in. Uh-oh, pop-up powerbomb. Watch oh, it, watch oh, it. Phenomenal form. Oh, where did Styles come from? We were stacked against Styles. We knew the chances of AJ leaving Columbus with that championship were minimal. Tonight, AJ Styles had to live up to his name and be truly phenomenal. Hello, everybody. It is John Pollock and waiting with you. It is our post Fast Lane show, it's our post ROH 16th anniversary show, it's our post uh, Three First Nights of New Japan Cup. We're going to get to your feedback, your questions. We're just going to go straight until Ross starts on Monday night. How are you, way? Pretty good, man. Yeah, that sounds about right. There's a lot to get through. Maybe we should have broken it up. Uh, yeah, we could have. I guess that, that would have been one idea. But no, we're just going to do it all together. One giant show. We'll be efficient, though. Yeah. I just want good, bad, indifferent reactions to each match. We'll just go rapid fire. Done. Okay. Well, let's get right into fast lane. No one cares how our weekend was. No one wants to know the weather. Nobody wants to hear any funny stories. They just want to get into fast lane because that's what everyone is in as we get set for WrestleMania. So, the kickoff show began hours ago. Did you check out the kickoff show way? I saw the match, yeah. Okay. Well, prior to that, we had uh, Renee Young, Booker T, Sam Roberts and David Otunga on the panel. And We got a Baron Corbin selfie promo. And he listed all of the things he wants. And you want to know what one of the things that Baron Corbin is after, Way? He wants to point at the WrestleMania sign. That's what keeps this man up at night. It's what causes his hair to recede. I could have sworn he's already pointed. He hasn't? Well, he stated here he wants to. Maybe maybe he wants to do it again. Well, he could point. No okay. one's stopping you from pointing at yeah. the sign, but in WWE lore, it's got magic powers. Like when you point at it, it's like uh, it's like signing. It's the new contract signing.
0: Oh, you actually have to have a match before you're actually allowed allowed to
1: point. You no pointing. It. Pointing confirms the match. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, it's like the the ultimate arbiter of matches. Hmm. Mm. I, I think that it's eventually going to replace the the GM. Is like this function that a sign provides. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. It's like when I mean, we we saw on tonight's show it it uh, I mean it makes matches instantly right there. I I guess so. It's I guess
0: it's sort of like a celebratory, uh, thing that you do.
1: It's like a green Char- jacket. It is yes. Charlie interviewed the New Day backstage. Very spirited promo from Big E, and they talked about why they are one of the best tag teams out there. And then uh, Sunil Singh interrupted the panel to bring out Jinder Mahal and he complained about being uh, left out of tonight's US title match he's the uncrowned champion and he dismissed the top 10 list when Renee brought it up which I think is kind of going to be the legacy of the top 10 list is that no one takes it seriously whenever it's brought up the person that it is being brought up to just like shrugs their shoulders like no one cares about this list is this thing even around anymore
0: it, How often it, does it came get up- out
1: at least a month ago so How I don't know if- does it get updated it's been presented once yeah and uh-huh. hmm. and I think uh, just about everyone that was challenging for the WWE title tonight in that six pack challenge other than AJ I don't think any of them were ranked if I'm not mistaken maybe Corbin was in there I have no idea hmm. anyway so that's that's the legacy of the list it's dead Shelton Benjamin, Chad Gable, and Mojo Rawley took on Breezango and Ty Dillinger in our lone kickoff match. Fandango, early on, had wrestling headgear that he was going to use with Chad Gable. Gable then got on all fours to challenge Breeze to try and take him, and he got on top of Gable's back to, to ride him like a horse. So we took a commercial break. There's a big commercial for WrestleMania with a voiceover from Ronda Rousey hyping the mixed tag match. And I certainly took from tonight's broadcast way that this this is certainly being pushed as the main event, much more so than Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns, at least if tonight's show is an indication. Well, it, I
0: mean, it certainly is the match that I think has most of the attention of the um, general audiences um i and it's the one that i think should be all over your advertising um i it's not to say that it'll main event the show but i think the one that you use to promote uh the entire show to get people who don't usually watch wrestling
1: and it should be i mean if there's any one person on this show that is going to inspire somebody to just sit down and Subscribe to the network that never has before it's ronda rousey without question so Mm -hmm. i I think that she absolutely should be pushed as the number one match on this show uh we come back crowd is chanting you can't wrestle at mojo built up to a hot tag for dillinger and early on in this show uh, the columbus crowd very hot Mm -hmm. and we're into ty dillinger chanting 10 at him Breeze then hit Gable with the beauty shot, sending him to the floor. Dillinger was left with Mojo and hit his uh, his like drop-down knee to the face, almost kind of like a eat the feet, but it's... it's like t- eat the knee. Eat the knee, yes, to pin Mojo at 727. Nice baby face victory on the kickoff show. I thought a little clunky at times, but overall, crowd was pretty into it, and it was a fine kickoff match. Any other thoughts?
0: Decent opener. Some fun comedy from Fandango uh crowd likes tie and but that's really it you know not really set out here to to do that much besides warm up the crowd i am really unsure if any of these six will make it be on the battle royal this year at wrestlemania I,
1: I can't imagine so
0: yeah i mean i don't see a spot for uh gable and benjamin
1: there either unfortunately the pay-per-view proper opened up with shinsuke nakamura and rusev which i thought was a smart positioning of these two because I had this feeling like if this went on late in the show, the crowd would be very cold for this, knowing that this is just a layup win for Nakamura. Mm -hmm. And I think they'd kind of be sitting on their hands knowing Rusev is going to be losing, so why get behind this guy? I don't know. I had this thought in my head that if this went on too late, this might not be that big superstar reaction that they want Nakamura to have. So I thought putting it on first was a smart choice. Certainly. I'm I'm trying to think what else would have taken its place. Uh, Maybe the, the rude Orton match? But I I definitely think this was the best choice. Yeah, Nakamura, very big reaction coming out. And then Aiden English, the healed Aiden English. He's regained his voice. He sang almost like a freestyle as he came out and insulted Columbus to ensure that uh, the audience would would boo them coming out. It didn't really matter because as the match started, they were chanting back and forth for both men with Rusev Day and Nakamura chants. Yeah, he was almost rapping now. Yeah, yeah. why? I thought he did pretty well here. I think that yeah. this guy, what a career revival for, for this guy who you have to imagine he was right on the cusp of being like the next wave of releases.
0: Absolutely. I think they're, you know, with him, they're, they're trying to follow perhaps either the Elias blueprint or, or maybe even the John Cena rapping blueprint. Um, and it, you can tell like, you know, him, them trying to throw the little insults towards the hometown crowd. It really is a bit of an uphill battle because no matter what these guys do, they are going to get cheered most places.
1: Yeah, I thought it was a weird pairing for Nakamura to be paired here with the guy that is such a audience favorite at the moment. Uh, so Rusev bailed to the floor early on, getting the crowd to boo him. Nakamura drilled Rusev with a knee on the edge of the apron. And then Rusev ran at Nakamura, into the ropes, got the advantage. He pressed Nakamura into the air, attacked his ribs, hit a head kick. And then Nakamura attempted this roll-up. Rusev then went for the accolade after Nakamura kicked out, couldn't get it. And then Nakamura set up the Kinshasa, but was met with a super kick, got a near fall for Rusev. And then Nakamura escaped the accolade, hit a Kinshasa from behind, and then to the front, winning the match at 14 minutes, 28 seconds. Good opening match
0: between two crowd favorites. I think uh, Nakamura showed some great fire for those final Kinshasa's. The crowd feels more than ready to see him in a big world title match and maybe even a win. Uh, I think the match with AJ is going to receive a great reaction live at Mania. Uh, Nakamura's been kept off the TV a lot over over the past month, but I can only assume that they were wanting to hold him off until after this pay-per-view. So I hope in the next month we'll see a lot more build for him and not just for the AJ match but for Shinsuke Nakamura's character as well because uh I think there's you know there's a nice mystery about him but I think for heading into WrestleMania to to really put that spotlight on him they they need to do a bit more character profiling for him Rusev I think this guy feels more more than ready too not for the main event obviously but I I'm not even sure at this point what he's going to have at Mania but Battle Royal yeah, tops, maybe. But I mean, I'll say after the after Mania, this guy needs to be treated like a focal point of whichever show he's on. There's simply too much reaction there from this audience to be
1: wasted for him in the midcard. His biggest problem is that he caught fire at the worst time of the year when plans are kind of in place for WrestleMania. And they're so rigid and... I mean, this was December that this guy started to take off. And let's be honest, let's look at that. They really didn't capitalize on any of this. It was not duly noted. It was, well, Mm -hmm. doesn't work right now. So you run the risk of kind of telling the audience, well, we're not getting behind him. And I think it's noticeable that it's kind of, it's not the phenomenon it was maybe six weeks ago. Uh, But maybe after WrestleMania, you can reheat him. But that's a difficult task when you, the audience gets hot for a guy and then realizes it's, kind of just, it's met with emptiness.
0: Though I would say he's a a real candidate to win that battle role if he's in it. Uh,
1: Yeah, depends if he has a famous athlete that is friends with him that might attend the show. That would increase his odds greatly. So we'll see. Uh, But that's where I expect him to be, at WrestleMania. Bobby Roode and Randy Orton was up next for the United States title. They had a very long match. The story here, everybody, is that after Randy Orton came up to the main roster in 2002. The following year, they brought back the U.S. title. And it's just never been the right time. Randy just has not had the, the proper focus. But now, in 2018, it's within reach. Mm-hmm. That United States championship, and he's going for it tonight. So, so that's Bobby Roode. So that's one of the stories.
0: And I would say, like, on paper, that's not even such a bad story. Except for the fact that, for, for the most part, the story that they've been trying to tell... Is this whole thing with the top 10 list and how Bobby Roode has secretly not put Randy Orton into his own top 10 list. They did a complete 180 from that on this show. There's no real mention of all that. Um, And instead, the storyline is
1: now the better one of Randy Orton (laughs) going for the U.S. title. They kind of negated their own storyline in that very same promo where Roode just said, that's not my list. And it was never addressed again. It wasn't, this guy's lying. It's re- he really did rank Orton low. It was just, okay, he was lying. The, the heel lied, and Bobby Roode is telling the truth. It was a fraudulent ballot. It was just clearly something that wasn't working, and if they decided to drop it last minute, I don't blame him for that. Will we ever see another top 10 list? Will it ever be updated? God, I hope not. Throughout the match, Orton was selling his shoulder, while Roode was selling his ribs. Rude climbed to the top, hit a clothesline, called for the glorious DDT, but Orton countered that with a roll up, uh, did his comeback. Rude then hit a blockbuster. He's still hurting his ribs. And Orton caught him on the ropes, hit a draping DDT, and then he looks at the WrestleMania sign and he puts his hands up like he's like waving the sign to like come try him or something. Like he was challenging the sign, it looked like. Did you catch this? Um, not really, not really, but, uh, he was, he, there was rage
0: in his eyes as he was looking at this sign. Was he, are you sure he was looking at the sign and
1: not somebody in the, in the crowd perhaps? It it could have been some guy in the, in the upper deck as well. Uh, Orton hit a superplex that was so amazing. Byron watched one replay. He wanted another replay and he asked Kevin to show him another replay of the superplex. Yeah. What was this? Why why, this why is this very he? strange? I can't ever ever remember a time that Kevin has been identified on screen. He's appeared in like little background roles, but I don't know if his name has ever been called out. What was so great about this Superplex that that, that we see in every Randy Orton match? Yeah, every single Byron, one.
0: That Byron basically had to stop the broadcast in order to call for for this extra replay from
1: from Kevin. I don't know, maybe he just zones out uh Rude blocked the RKO hit a spine buster for a two count and then Rude leaped off the second turnbuckle right into an RKO and Orton pinned him at 19 minutes and 27 seconds and I got uh I got mixed feedback on this match way there were some people who thought this match really dragged and it was very long um I had I went into this I said I was kind of looking at this as kind of a sleeper match on the show I wouldn't say it was really at that high level, but I thought it was a fine
0: match. Count me in on the other side, because I thought, uh, obviously, the finish looked great. They always do, these RKOs, but boy, did we have to sit through... It a was whole, probably like five
1: minutes too long.
0: We had to sit through a whole lot of nothing to get there. And I know Randy loves his slow-paced matches, uh, I, and I would say if the crowd was hot for this match and and hot for, for all those chin locks, uh, you know... <laughs> Sometimes they work like in that Nakamura rusev match, I thought they worked. you know the crowd liked both guys and wanted to see the baby face come up from the chin lock. but in this match, he killed this crowd they all they, i mean this the, this crowd was was just like the pace and the length I thought killed the momentum of the show uh, up until this point, and i wasn 't a big fan of it. I thought it was average they did they did pop big for
1: the finish, which Kind of all they of those do, finishes. But that well. doesn't excuse twenty minutes of it was the too other long. Stuff. I'll I'll give you that. Jinder Mahal then came out afterwards. He attacked both men, and Rude then returned, hit Mahal with the glorious DDT, and then Rude grabbed Orton and hit him with the glorious DDT, and left with his music playing. And man, Randy must have been seething. And thankfully, we would get to hear his fiery promo about this on Talking Smack later. Mm. How angry this the Viper must be. This feels like the start of a much-needed Bobby Roode heel turn,
0: and I think that's good for him mainly, uh, but good for for the show overall because maybe this whole U.S. title run of his thus far has been kind of purposely quite uneventful, but uh, I think a a heel Bobby Roode is something that he probably looks forward to doing and probably uh, as fans we all look forward to seeing. Then
1: we got another video feature for the mixed tag match at WrestleMania, and you and I brought up uh, Ronda, kind of her delivery of the big line uh, with Stephanie and choosing her to be her opponent at WrestleMania, and in this video feature, it was very clear that they redid that line because she didn't put enough emphasis on it on Monday, and it was kind of ill-timed, so that was clearly done for this package again. It was a very good video package. Yeah, as expected. Yeah. Kevin Owens is in the locker room. Sami Zayn walked in, and Owens is upset about SmackDown and Zayn double-crossing him. Zayn said that his deal was for tonight and not to worry about what he did on Tuesday. And he told Owens, you can rely on me, and Owens just walked away not believing this guy. And he probably shouldn't have, because there would be a video package later that would directly contradict Sami Zayn's uh, promise here. Naomi and Becky Lynch against Natalia and Carmella. They made it onto the main card. Corey listed that Natalia has many friends, such as Harry, Teddy, and Lance. Yeah, wow. Name dropping. Yeah. Natalia hit the sit-out powerbomb onto Naomi for a two count, and then Carmella was in, and they had the heat on Naomi forever. It ended where Naomi, uh, off a suplex, landed on her feet and just stumbled into the corner, tagging in Becky. And then within like a minute, Naomi tags right back in, and she slipped on the middle rope, going for a springboard kick, but did complete it. Tagged Becky back in. Carmella then knocked Naomi off the apron, and the referee got distracted as Natalia brought the briefcase onto the apron. Becky went after Natalia and then turned around, ate a super kick, and Carmella pinned her at 8 minutes and 53 seconds. Crowd is very quiet for this match. I don't think there was a whole lot of interest in this match um it was a tag match by its very definition and that was it yeah just very okay uh i mean Carmella
0: getting the win suggests that they're probably trying to make her look a little bit strong to prepare her for that cash in uh which we should see in the next few months if not um maybe less than that who knows uh, no at least be I, I would guarantee at least an attempt at mania so it could mean that they're building her up um her them pairing her with Natalia, I think, is nice. I think Carmella certainly needs somebody by her side to give her a bit of credi- credibility. Natalia's not really doing a whole lot right now, so her playing the enforcer for Carmella, I don't think, is such a bad idea. Um, they also, uh, John announced this WWE VR app, yes, that they're debuting, and I assume that's why that tripod was there. That's what I for, thought for the entire show. Uh, so I'm assuming that when we demo
1: some of the guys came dangerously close to landing on
0: Batman. I know I think that's a terrible spot for any type of camera equipment but uh I assume like when you put on the VR app you'll be able to just basically sit right there
1: wow so you could view. be that fan that Randy was yelling at yeah man what a well if anyone exper- actually tries this out I'll would love it. to hear feedback okay you try it yeah. I really don't have enough uh interest to actually go out and get this app well and you everything. need a vr headset well you just volunteered so that kind of i, have, you have, I to... have
0: a google cardboard
1: okay i don't even know what that is so great live report from way on the sure. vr experience so then we headed to our tag title match with the usos against kofi kingston and xavier woods which they explained they were clearly going with the the speed-based combination of the new day and The story of this match was each team was mimicking the other by doing their opponent's moves. We saw the Usos start this with the Unicorn Stampede. Then Kingston did the running hip attack into the corner. Jimmy attempted the Trouble in Paradise, which Kingston ducked. And then the Usos hit the midnight hour that Kingston kicked out of. And the announcers were right on top of this, which was good. I wonder how many people would have even noticed this if the the announcers didn't call it out. I feel by the midnight hour... People would have gotten it, but I don't know if they would have before that. So the announcers were um, very helpful here. Absolutely. Um, I thought this was so awesome. And you're right. Like, I don't know, because like, because the audience, the audience, like, didn't seem to care, or at least I don't think they noticed. All their signature
0: moves are, I mean, they're not that well known. I mean, yes, they are well known, but it's not like if you watched the creative wrestler do the midnight hour, you would say, oh, my God, that's the New Day's move. Like, if you're a big fan of theirs, you probably re- recognize, but if you're just like a fan sitting there, two people doing a splash at the same time doesn't necessarily
1: tell you the Usos. It was like a spot later in the night when Ruby Riot hit the riot kick and Charlotte kicks out of it and zero reaction for Charlotte kicking out of the finish, where I just feel most people don't even like that's not a move that they've built a whole lot of equity in that they even associate with Ruby Riot, much less being a, a hot, protected finish. Yeah, but nonetheless, I th- I thought this whole match was great. I
0: thought I loved the concept of it. It was something different. Yeah, they, um, yeah, it was just a unique kind of story to have. It was like it was them role playing as the other team, as just a uh, sort of like a fuck you, you know. I'm gonna beat you with your own move, and I'm gonna keep trying to beat you with all of your other own moves because we're that much better and we know you that well.
1: Kofi then leaped off the top with a the, the big splash. And then the new day was on the floor. The Usos hit simultaneous dive. So all five men are down on the floor when the Bludgeon Brothers music hits. And Luke Harper and Eric Rowan come down and they attacked everyone at the nine minute mark. The match is thrown out and they just murdered these five. Big E got steamrolled by Eric Rowan. The Usos then uh, were run into each other. Uh, Rowan slammed Harper on top of the Usos together. They swung their hammers. But missed and then Xavier Woods was bombed to death on top of these steel steps the highlight being this fan that as they were setting him up for the powerbomb was yelling you're not going to do it you're not going to do it and then they dropped Xavier Woods onto the steps and the same fan recognized this and said you did it you did it it's <laughs> quite the observation from this guy in the front row and you know, a lot of times people will get upset at non-finishes on a big show. But to me, this was building for something bigger. You're building to the big show. And I think that this was a pretty physical beatdown. There's a direction for it. And I, I had no issue with what they did here. And it's well, it uh, gives a clear direction for the Bludgeon Brothers. Well, we all know Fastlane isn't necessarily a show where you, you're supposed
0: to get your culminating resolutions of storylines. No, this story is... Lines.
1: Yeah, it, exactly. It's supposed
0: to build to WrestleMania. And even though we didn't get a, a, a resolution in the sense of a match having a winner, the resolution is that, okay, these two teams know each other really well. They're basically uh, even, and it's a stalemate. But now they have to team up together to take down a common threat. The common threat being the Bludgeon Brothers. And here you have the Bludgeon Brothers taking out everybody's friend, Xavier Woods. And seeing what they've done to Xavier is enough to bond the two warring sides together to compete against the common threat. Like I guess it's it's you know, like I guess Woods is, is like uh him being taken out is like when Agent Colson died in the Avengers. It's and, exactly the analogy I was going to make. <laughs> and or like any other movie where where shit like this happens. And you know, this is the event that finally rallies the Avengers together. I thought this was all tremendous.
1: Yeah, so I think that we're getting the three-way at WrestleMania. And I think Xavier Woods should be gone until WrestleMania. Absolutely. And maybe he can return where he is... uh, Maybe he gets a more powerful hammer. Um, Hmm. You know they'll do something goofy like that. Like something out of... Like some weapon out of Zelda or something. I don't know. But what what are we looking at? A three-way? three-way, yeah. Mm. With Kofi and Big E as the New Day reps. And... Maybe maybe that's Xavier's return. Like the injury angle they have set up here is like a spinal contusion. Mm-hmm. The do man we, is in trouble. Do we get any steps for the match or just a straight up three way, you think? I don't think you need any stipulations for this. Um If they had one I wouldn't be upset, you know, because Well, he, j- maybe the fact that they use so many, well, they didn't use a ton of weapons here. I mean, they the, the hammers and the steps were used. I I don't know. I'm not big on stipulation matches especially this low on the undercard just to spice it up, like I think it's it it's a it's just a violent issue that these three teams have. Okay, so I, a, I don't
0: in a street fight. I only I only suggest it because I think we've seen the New Day and the Usos so, together so much now. They've exhausted almost every fresh idea that I think I was really impressed by by the, this match for partly for that reason because we've seen these two teams together so much. But this match was different, different from all the other ones. This was a match where they were. Uh, copycatting each other's moves. I thought that was so smart. And I'm sure in the three-way, they will come up with something brilliant as well. But uh, on paper, maybe it needs
1: something. I'm not sure. Does this match uh, get onto the main show of WrestleMania? It has to. With the Usos Mm -hmm.
0: storyline, absolutely it has to. It it needs to be... It it is. I mean, it might be the only tag team title match on the show, so I, I absolutely think it has to.
1: Because you, you figure you have to get three matches onto that kickoff show. I agree with the Usos introducing that, but um, yeah, I don't know. This is one of those matches that I could very well, even despite the promo, <laughs> they could still end I up mean, on the I kickoff could see, show. I could see the U.S. title match getting on the kickoff before this one. Maybe. Uh, Renee is in the back to interview AJ Styles. He talked about overcoming the odds. He works harder than anyone. And Shinsuke Nakamura walked in to wish him luck, and Styles just cut him off. said, shut up, Shinsuke. I'm going to win, and then I'm going to kick your ass at WrestleMania. He walked off. Had no time for Shinsuke. And we cut back to the arena, and everyone is being helped to the back. Xavier is on a stretcher, and Corey Graves is just stunned by the amount of violence he has seen. He said it's crossed the line. And this is where I will bring up, once again, It's fine to do these big angles, but especially with a Corey Graves that has been an eyewitness to all of the Braun Strowman death angles, it's kind of hard to take it seriously when we have seen so much worse presented on the same show. And that's why Braun Strowman is, he's like a a line of cocaine that, yeah, you're going to get a a temporary high, but then there's a big come down after that. And now that's introduced as kind of that is now the the new normal when it comes to extreme angles. That a guy getting dropped on steps is not exactly someone being thrown into a compactor or an ambulance being tipped over with a man inside. It's
0: true. Yeah, they've set the bar quite high for what what are believable injuries now. Yeah. Uh, But Braun Strowman's not human. He's a monster among men. What are the Bludgeon Brothers? Are they human? Um...
1: I don't know, actually. Maybe there's somewhere in between. We'll find out. Yeah. Charlotte Flair versus Ruby Raitata for the SmackDown women's title. Ruby came out minus Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan. They would be gone for all of uh, 20 seconds before they showed up at ringside out of the crowd.
0: And Sorry, the video package was crafted all around Riot's promo that that you and I... I mean, again, Riot and Charlotte did a great job on, on Tuesday... But, I mean, we both complained about how scripted that all sounded, right? Yes. Uh, But you can kind of understand why when you see these video packages because they are purely like crafted around these very scripted promos. So, I mean, uh, I got some response on Twitter after I posted uh, some thoughts about this. And uh, a lot of people are saying how it's not worth it if this is sort of what, what the end goal is. You know, if they're just basically going out there to deliver voiceover sessions for these promos. Or sorry for these for these video packages when they cut their promos, it might not necessarily be worth it. But I mean, it just it's how they choose to do their TV. And ideally, you have people that can pull off something really well live, that is also suited for these pre written video packages. Uh, but it, it's not necessarily the easiest thing to do.
1: Yeah, some can do it, some can't. It's um, and there's a wide gap in between that. Um, early on, Ruby was working on Charlotte's back. They crashed through the ropes to the floor. This is when Morgan and Logan showed up onto onto the floor in Ruby's corner, and that prompted Naomi and Becky to run down to even things out. Ruby had the heat. She applied a straight jacket and continued to focus on Charlotte's back, and twice in this match, she went for this, like, backwards senton coming off the second turnbuckle that Graves initially called a stage dive sent on. And on the second one, it's, Charlotte it's, got her, her knees up. I
0: mean, it's, it's, I
1: th- isn't that the name of the
0: move when Kofi
1: does it? Or like trust fall or something? Yeah. He does his to the floor. Yeah. Same thing. This doesn't look like a move. I would try on somebody like this sounds like this would really hurt me. Even if I hit this perfectly. You think so? If you're landing on your back, if I'm falling down backwards onto you, is that I any mean, different th- than another sent on? Uh, I wouldn't be doing a senton either. I mean it's uh Would you be wrestling? But serious? at least you're 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 guided. you can see your target. I mean here you're just you're falling down, you don't know when the point of impact is going to occur. And then if someone gets their knees up, goddamn.
0: What would you do as a wrestler, John?
1: Oh dude, I'd I'd fucking run the run the barricade and just get <laughs> out of there. Like this is stupid. <laughs> Why are we fighting here? <laughs> These are a lot of crazy fucking try to talk. Yeah, you would try to talk and reason. Uh I would I would wait for uh I would wait for someone to take off their ring jacket and as they were doing that, boom. And then run. Riot stopped Charlotte on the top and hit a top rope Frankensteiner and then Ruby starts chopping her, Charlotte comes back with her own chops and then Charlotte went to drive her into the mat and this was the one very noticeable hiccup in the match where Charlotte took like grabbed her to drive her I think into the mat and lost control of her or ruby just moved and then ruby just leaned down on her knees and draped herself on the middle rope and i don't know what this was it felt like yeah, i i hit rewind or something and they just went backwards or something did you see this i did yeah it was uh, it looked
0: like it was some type of like sto sister abigail thing that was like supposed to drape
1: ruby onto the ropes but it was just a miscommunication but it was very awkward looking Logan and Morgan then tried to get involved This prompted Naomi and Becky to run at them. They were ejected, and then right afterwards, Logan and Morgan got ejected, too, for attacking Charlotte. So they're left alone, and Charlotte had Riot lifted behind her and hit this like reverse Alabama slam, sending her into the turnbuckle spear, and applied the figure eight for the win at 13 minutes, 44 seconds. I thought a really good performance by Ruby Riot. Definitely, her, I would say her best performance to date in WWE or NXT. I thought that she she was in a very difficult position. She was a lame duck challenger that not a person believed would win this. And to go out and do a 14-minute match, I, I thought this was a good match.
0: I agree. I agree. I thought this was Ruby's best match to date. It was her most high-profile match to date. Um, I think, though... Mm, I feel like she she's capable of better. And uh, just knowing her reputation and seeing what little I have of her on the indies, I know she's capable of better, certainly uh, both in-ring and especially on the microphone, where I feel like she's still yet to really fully find her confidence as a personality. So, um, But this showed some great
1: glimpses. I think she, she's one where I know I always talk about kind of the, the aura someone gets when you have like a manager or someone that seconds you. I think the opposite with Ruby, that she actually would be enhanced just being solo by herself. Because I, especially Liv Morgan, like this seems to be like the antithesis of someone Ruby Riot would be associated with. Uh, And, I mean, Sarah Logan, we don't know anything about her. She's this wild girl from the country. And that's it. Those two are very poorly defined characters thus far. Mm. I mean, even Ruby, they haven't done a great job up until this past week of really... Showing any kind of layers to.
0: They've also been booked like shit. So maybe that that doesn't necessarily help. But you're right. I, I think maybe this is having a faction all to her
1: own is a bit too much too soon. And then Asuka's music hit. She came out and everyone's going nuts. But why is she here? She got into the ring. Everyone's going wild. And she took her arm and she extended it upwards to the rafters and either she spotted the same fan that Randy did or she pointed to the WrestleMania sign and confirmed Oscar versus Charlotte at WrestleMania and i've got to say i thought that the audience took this as a special match i think Charlotte's promo afterwards on talking smack made it feel important and this man i think it's such a lost opportunity that they ditched Charlotte's win streak when they did because i think that this would be it's a it feels like a really special match even now at WrestleMania and would have been that much bigger if we had a year of like these two undefeated stars that were finally going to collide and someone was going to lose for the first time.
0: Completely agreed. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but Hey, you know, they, they have to live with that. The fact that they got, they got rid of that streak for no reason. Um, But I thought the sign pointing here was actually quite effective. You know, no words are needed in a segment like this crowd is already Mm -hmm. salivating at the pairing, seeing these two together. So good, simple, well done. I guess like, you know, on the topic of like the streaks, it makes you wonder, are they considering any type of streak storyline for Ronda Rousey? Inevitably. And, are they already looking ahead to potentially a uh,
1: Ronda Rousey-Asuka match, if the streak is still intact for Asuka? I would certainly be looking at that as, as a direction. I, w- I would want to keep that going for that very reason. I Can think that you ro- keep
0: Asuka undefeated, though, for another year? Because that's, Ronda's streak isn't going to mean anything until next year.
1: I don't think they would hold it off until WrestleMania next year. I could see that being SummerSlam, maybe. Yeah, I guess, but, but
0: Rhonda's streak wouldn't, wouldn't mean as much if it was only like a four-month streak.
1: Well, I mean, even coming in and she's only going to have so many matches before uh, being thrown in there. I mean, you just – you don't have the depth to really keep it uh, – those two separate for – well, I mean, you could keep them on separate brands yeah, if you wanted to, uh, but I – the idea of holding both off for a year. I mean, let look at the Charlotte example. I, I have a hard time imagining they'd be able to do that. I don't think that's so
0: tough, especially if, if Asuka is going to lead SmackDown. Now you keep Ronda on raw, the two of them meeting up at WrestleMania next year is not too far fetched.
1: Well, um, again, I would have looked at last year as that would be something that you maybe would have tried for two of your key women at that point. Yeah, we'll see. They aired the newest, uh, trailer for the HBO documentary on Andre the Giant, which will be premiering April the 10th. And we got Hulk Hogan here, even wearing a Hogan's Beach Shop uh, t-shirt. Okay. Then we got the update on Xavier Woods. He's been taken to a local medical facility for his spinal injury. And then we had the video package for the main event. And this featured, earlier on, Sami Zayn explaining to Kevin Owens that Trust me, my plan is still intact for tonight. Tuesday was just something else. Well, in the video package, which with these pre-recorded lines, Sammy's line was, If I have to put my friendship on hold for one night, so be it. So I hope Kevin didn't see this video package. I hope he was already getting ready to come out to the ring and didn't catch these pre-recorded comments. Shane comes out, and he's going to just chill out at ringside and watch the match. So we have AJ Styles, John Cena, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Baron Corbin, and Dolph Ziggler for the WWE title. It starts with four consecutive AAs by Cena, taking out Owens, Zayn, Corbin, and Ziggler, and he's left in the ring alone with AJ Styles, and they start the match. And then we got uh, just so many different combinations, multiple save spots. Uh, Some highlights throughout this was Styles hitting Cena with a Styles clash that Zayn broke up, uh, Corbin got his, uh, one little sequence in of hitting Owens with what they're now calling the dream crusher, the inside out lariat. And then this great looking deep six that he got multiple rotations on before dropping AJ. And then he threw Ziegler into the crowd and they fought up to this penalty box area because this is the arena where the Columbus blue jackets play. And Graves was calling out that he didn't know why Baron Corbin was following him out into the crowd and thus taking himself away from the ring. Cena and Owens then got onto the announcer's desk and Owens avoided an AA, but Styles hopped up onto the desk, Cena caught him, and Cena put Styles through the announcer's desk with the AA, and the announcers explained that Styles was not done. It's over. He's out. He's not going to come back from this table break. So Owens and Zayn are alone in the ring. Zayn says, I'm a man of my word, and he laid down. And Shane's just standing there. He's just watching all this happen, this collusion. And Owens doesn't believe him, so he goes to grab Zane, and Zane goes for an inside cradle, kicks out, and then Owens and Zane go at it, and they fight onto the edge of the apron where Owens' back body dropped. Zane is then on the floor and starts yelling at Shane, and Owens goes to super kick Zane. Zane gets out of the way, and Owens super kicks Shane and drops Shane. Zayn then follows with a Tornado DDT to Owens and brings him into the ring. Owens stops a haluva kick with a super kick. And then Ziggler returns. He takes a pop-up powerbomb. Owens has the match won when Shane pulls the referee down to the floor. And Owens is furious. He's yelling at Shane. And in doing so, he's left vulnerable for the haluva kick. And now Zayn has the match won. And once again, Shane pulls the referee down, costing Zayn the win. Corbin comes back. He kills everybody with steel steps until Cena wrestles them away and attacks Corbin with the steps, hits an AA to Corbin onto the steps, and Ziggler broke that up, and the finishing sequence saw Cena hit an AA to Ziggler. Owens then hit a pop-up powerbomb to Cena, turned around, and got nailed with the phenomenal forearm and AJ pinned Owens at 21 minutes and 54 seconds. And John Cena, way, I, I guess he's just going to be uh, watching WrestleMania on the network.
0: Yeah, I guess he might be free for like... Maybe, uh, Evolve? Maybe he wants to do a bar meetup with us. Sir, yeah. I thought this was such a great match. What a match. Um, I thought all the storylines worked really well. The Owens, uh, uh, Zayn thing made for a great visual when Zayn finally was, uh, lying down. And then Owens, you can tell, was hesitant, and decides to attack Zane, but Zayn was ready for it, and he reversed that uh, himself. I, I just thought that was great. I thought the AJ, or sorry, the, the Shane stuff worked out really well. Um, I thought the AJ trying to protect the match, and then ultimately uh, being uh, laid out through, via the table worked out really well as well. It was just a nonstop pace, very fast, very well-booked, very well-timed, very well-executed. I I was very impressed by the six-man.
1: Yeah, it was a really good match, best match on the show. Uh, I I thought even more so than... I mean, as a match... um... I I liked it. I liked it a lot. But to me, it was kind of the the storyline stuff was kind of more front and center for me. And I liked a lot of what they set up coming out of this. You continue the Cena story. uh, You give the audience what they wanted with the Styles victory. You've spun off Owens and Zayn with with Shane. That continues. And uh, Dolph Ziggler has has nothing to live for uh, continually. And and Baron was just kind of in the match. Uh, But other than that... um, the key people were all kind of taken care of with stuff. Yeah. And yeah, it ended with Cena just dejected sitting down and wondering, how am I going to get booked at WrestleMania? So,
0: I mean, I, I really have to like give them, you know, my, my congratulations for being able to set up all these things with what is essentially a throwaway match on a throwaway show. You know, we knew we were going to get AJ Nakamura. I really don't think that was in in, 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 in doubt it for anybody uh, who's a regular viewer of professional wrestling, but the fact that they were able to y- add some tension to that match as well, use the same match to build to Owen, Zane, and Shane, and also uh, whatever's
1: going on with John Cena, I-, I-, I think they did a tremendous job. So you and I both watched Talking Smack afterwards. It was only 20 minutes, but they had uh, three guests on. The first one highlighted the show for me. It was Randy Orton. And Orton says he's, he's not mad at Jinder for running in. And he's also not mad at Bobby Roode for attacking him after the match. He would have done the exact same thing. And that Bobby, he worked elsewhere for a long time to get here. And then they're talking about his history with Jinder Mahal. He brings up the Punjabi prison match. And Orton has to put the microphone down because he's just laughing too hard about the Punjabi prison match. And then they brought up to Randy that there's a lot of sign pointing going on right now. And he acknowledged, yes... There are a lot of people pointing at that sign. And he complimented Renee for being able to make John Cena cry on Raw Talk after he lost at the Elimination Chamber. And there are a few things that are enjoyable on WWE programming than Randy Orton in an unscripted setting from a man that just does not give a fuck. And this was very enjoyable, I thought.
0: Yeah, I guess he's one of those who's not really afraid of uh, mm, making fun of something. Because, yeah, he thinks it's stupid. Yeah, I thought I thought he was fine.
1: Yeah. Just, like, kind of just blew off the stuff with, like, Jinder and Bobby Roode. But I feel that is the three-way direction we are going with, which is, eh, whatever. At this point in Norton's career, I mean, I,
0: you know, the guy still, sure, goes out there and, and, and performs to the best of his ability. But I also don't necessarily get a sense that not, anything is all that important to him. Like what I mean is that it doesn't it doesn't feel like any match he's involved in is make or break for him, whereas some something like a uh, uh, you know AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura feels personally important to both of those performers. With Orton, he's already done so much. Even with Cena, I feel like I get a better sense of like things. Like Cena still at least feels like he's in it for the creativity, whereas Orton, I I just get a feeling of him just going through the paces last year and this year.
1: Yeah, well, Randy, Randy's really, I mean, he's still, I guess you can, he can be utilized as a top guy if you need somebody. But he's really been phased out of that role. Like, he feels like he's much more, like, he's just, he, he's, a, he's a star that was created that is kind of in this level where he is, like, this is the level he's at now. He's kind of removed from that top picture. Yeah, well, so is Cena. Uh, I still see, like, Cena's going to face The Undertaker at WrestleMania. mm -hmm. Randy Orton would not, Randy Orton is not having, we're talking about Randy Orton maybe being on the kickoff. John Cena's never going to be on the kickoff. Yeah, so maybe that's the issue. So I I think that there's certainly um, a phasing down that Randy has had, especially over the past year. Charlotte was the second guest on and put over Ruby Riot, huge and said she made a name for herself tonight and is motivated for Asuka, and Charlotte brought up the fact that she lost to Bailey at Fastlane last year. So that's clearly still in the back of her mind. And I thought she did a really g- great job here building this this dream matchup with Asuka. That it's the, the two dominant females in the company that are going to collide at WrestleMania. And uh, Charlotte, I mean, just as we were talking about her promo on Tuesday versus this promo on oh, Talking Smack. World man, of yeah. Jesus. Not, like, not it's just crazy.
0: Oh, completely different, yeah. I thought Charlotte did a good job. Her words felt very, very real here. She conveyed that she respects, but I almost got a sense that she almost uh, has, like, a fear of Asuka. But she also said that she knows not to underestimate her own abilities. Um, They're going to kind of build this match as, like, a, a battle between, like, the two leads, but I, I personally see it more being a story of somebody who is a bit of an underdog in Charlotte, taking on somebody in Asuka who has never lost. Um, It's going to rely on Charlotte to do most of the talking, obviously, for this type of story. Um,
1: So I look forward to see how they'll tell it. And the final guest was a very strange one with Shane McMahon. He came on and he defended his actions by stating he was provoked and admits he was emotional tonight. And like the first half of this promo... Sounded like a guy that doesn't exactly know where this story is going. Ah, I mean, he, just, he I just, just kept saying that, you know, things are fresh and I, I, disagree, I, I have to calm
0: down. I disagree. I thought Shane was perfect here. He was somber and almost remorseful because he admits that he had his emotions get a hold of him during the segment.
1: Acted- I'm not talking about his tone or, like, what he was saying. I'm but- just – in terms of the storyline, like, I very much get the sense that it's it, – they don't exactly have a clear view of where they're going here. I didn't get that sense. I thought, he, I thought he said
0: exactly what somebody in his position would have said if this was real life. He he feels like he did something wrong, but he's, he's not willing to admit it.
1: Well, it was kind of just left – if anything – that was teased in this. I, I feel like the the logical match out of this is Shane and Vince with Owens and Zayn at WrestleMania. I don't know. You're not going to get Vince. No. Well, that's the only thing that was teased here.
0: You're. I mean, I I, lo- I thought three way. Maybe he's getting uh, revenge for Vince, or at least he still holds a grudge against uh, Kevin
1: for what he did to Vince. Yeah, I guess you could do the three... Man, that's another three-way on this show. I guess you could do that. Um, Yeah, it's just... It's a very strange match. Um, And I guess you have to have Daniel Bryan involved somehow. Maybe he's then the referee for all of this. Yeah. Uh, So, he just said that it's very difficult being commissioner when you have such a hatred for Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and you're out for revenge... And he believes that Brian is blinded by Owens and Zane and lives vicariously through them. So he's happy that Owens and Zane lost tonight.
0: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. So they're going to continue telling that story of Shane basically letting the, his emotions get the better of him and standing in the way of his job uh of doing a good of uh, being a good GM. And Yeah, I mean I'm I'm curious to know how Brian fits into all this. Because um you you still have two heels. Like, if you're trying to study the heel babyface dynamics in, in this whole thing, it, it's a, it's going to be a little bit complicated because, I, I mean, the way they're telling the story is, it's it's really not clear at all. Like, Shane came out of the show seeming like a total dick, you know, who really went, went out of line when he got involved in the match, despite the super kick. So, um... Especially but, when he cost Zane the match. I mean Zane didn't lay a hand on yeah, this guy. I know. So I mean that gives Daniel Bryan a lot more, I think, um uh you know, ability to to um be angry at Shane. But uh sometimes like it feels feels like this, you know, disagreements like this maybe it's maybe they're just trying to reflect things that feel like real life you know where somebody's not fully good or bad but emotions let us do things that we don't necessarily intend to do
1: i think they've had a lot of time that they've had to kill on this this story like this has been going on forever that you would hope now they can actually have a a focus now that we're at wrestlemania time and whatever the plan is some combination of this and i know that um Dave Meltzer was reporting that the the current plan was Owens and Zayn in the Battle Royal, which after watching tonight I just can't see them ending up in such a unimportant role at WrestleMania after doing such a big angle tonight with Shane like that. It also means Shane wouldn't get a match.
0: Yeah, I mean, how how is that possible?
1: That's that's illegal. Yeah. He's got to have a match. Shane hmm. and Stephanie. So, uh that was Fastlane. I thought um overall I I like the show. Um the main event was like your really strong wrestling match on the show but this was a show that was more about getting all the right pieces in place for Wrestlemania like that was tonight was not the show to go out and just you know blow the roof off and have great match it was to really set the table for Wrestlemania and in that sense I thought it was a successful show
0: yeah I thought it successfully put some spotlight on Nakamura did the Oscar thing well and I thought the main event was tremendous They set up like three different programs and the match was awesome so yeah I was a fan of this show
1: so, coming out of that, uh, where do you want to go to next, way? We can go feedback. We can go to ROH. What do you want to do? I think we should do all the reviews first, and then we'll do feedback at the end of the show. Okay. Uh, did you see the ROH pay-per-view? Yeah, I watched,
0: I watched most of it. I watched uh, most of the involvement with the Bullet Club, as well as the uh, the, um, the main event.
1: Okay. Well, uh, we'll go through this one quick. It was uh, from Friday night in Las Vegas, Nevada, at Sam's Town. And I really like the start of the show, where they interviewed various guys, especially ones with links to ROH right at the beginning, and getting their own personal memories of their favorite ROH moments. And they went through Joe and Kobashi, Brian Danielson, and Nigel McGuinness when Jerry Lynn won the title, when Christopher Daniels won the title last year, and it ended with Dalton Castle calling his own title win his highlight in ROH. And then the show started with Bully Ray, who is now the enforcer. He is not a general manager. He's an enforcer. And he pretty much played Paul Heyman in Beyond the Mat, just rallying this audience with an ROH chant and just getting this crowd super hot at the start of the show. And Bully Ray is very good at this. Yeah. And yes. And uh, it was very funny on television last week. He came out for... Uh, a bullet club segment, and Hangman Page is in the ring, and Bully Ray does the two sweet sign, and Hangman Page is like waving his hand, like, "No, no, we can't do that," and Bully just goes, "No, you can't do that. I can do this all night long." <laughs> He's just like, "Yeah, go ahead and sue me." Right before you put me in the Hall of Fame, yeah, it's very. I didn't funny.
0: realize that. So, so the, that that cease and desist it only
1: applies to uh, members of being the elite. They were the ones issued the cease and desist. I mean. Uh, so other guys crazy. aren't aren't doing it though, so yeah. I mean they well wouldn't, no no you, I mean uh, SoCal Intense was doing it as part of that one of their spots I like to tease. Well, well, the T. Well, I'm talking about like last September when the cease and desist was issued. I mean that, oh, okay. those those were the only guys that they would issue them to. I mean maybe Bully Ray is going to get a cease and desist with his uh, his Hall of Fame ring for all we know. Sure. Ian Riccaboni and Colt Cabana uh, called the show. What, I I know you don't watch ROH uh, weekly, but what what do you think of the dynamic of a uh, Ian Rucabani and Colt Cabana, did you enjoy them on this show? Yeah, I like them. I definitely do. I think
0: I, I mean I, I think Ian Rucabani is uh, very good. I like Colt, but like I can't help but like every time I when I'm hearing Colt, it it almost sounds like he's joking. He just kind of has that like like tone about him, and that's what makes him I think such a friendly like host. Um, but it's hard for me to like get into Colt as like a serious you know oh my god i'm so concerned about this 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 person doing, you know being hurt he's just like you know what i mean he's got such a like a hey how's it going hey guys <laughs> hey guys type of vibe but um maybe that's i i, I see what you mean cult, like doing the podcasting thing
1: the show opened up with Hiromu takahashi and flip gordon and this looked very good on paper at the start mm-hmm. the audience loved Hiromu takahashi and they did the spot early where Gordon was doing those multiple kip-ups over and over. So Hiromu, instead of just standing there looking like an idiot watching this guy do this, just starts dancing. And this crowd just got so into this. It was just the, the wackiest little sequence that these two did. But I, I thought it kind of just established the tone of Hiromu as this nutcase. Yeah. Um,
0: it, Takahashi it, it really kind of played into their uh, Honor Rising matches too, right? Because Hiromu would have seen all this before.
1: Right, yes, yeah, they did do the three-way at Honor Rising with Kushida involved there, and that was the match Flip Gordon won. Uh, Takahashi brought Daryl into the ring, and then he attacked Flip Gordon with it, and Todd Sinclair removed Daryl, and the audience booed this. Uh, Gordon landed on his feet from a 450, and then he landed the star-spangled stunner off the middle rope, uh, which was done much more uh, seamlessly than when John Cena was trying this, minus the uh, the spin, And Takahashi kicked out of that. Gordon immediately went to the top, landed on the knees with a 450, and kicked out of a Takahashi inside cradle. Takahashi called for the time bomb, hit an inside-out clothesline, and won with the time bomb. 12 minutes, 22 seconds, and getting his win back over Flip Gordon. So I imagine these two are going to go back and forth a bit as you figure Flip Gordon is kind of going to be going over to New Japan more frequently now in their junior heavyweight division. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fun match, fun opener. Marty Skrull and Punishment Martinez was next. Skrull came out in this awesome-looking villain club robe that looked super expensive. I hope for his sake it wasn't, but this looked incredible. All his gear
0: looks really expensive.
1: Yeah, Um, Punishment Martinez is someone I I think has a ton of potential as like an athletic big man who can do Mm -hmm. quite a lot in the ring. And I think he's, you know, ROH lost Donovan Dijak and Keith Lee around the same time, and. It was right at the time Punishment Martinez was starting to get pushed, and I think he's somewhat filled a bit of the void of like the big athletic powerhouse that they have. Uh, Uh, And you can bet Vince already has his eye on a guy like this. Well, as soon as he sees this guy, he's like, oh, I can't wait to rename him and cut his hair. Um, Skrull was placed on a table on the floor, and Martinez, who had earlier hit the springboard somersault to the floor, he missed on this attempt going through the table, and... Skrull brought him into the ring, and Martinez kicked out of a pile driver. And Martinez then stopped the finger-snapping spot, came back, and Martinez just jumped up to his feet and fired back after being stomped in the head like 85,000 times. So he is immune to concussions. That's his gimmick now. And with the referee's back turned, Skrull grabbed his bag of powder and teased throwing the powder, but there was no powder in the bag. But he faked Martinez, kicked him in the... Balls, and then rolled up Martinez for the win in 10 minutes and 32 seconds. And this sets up Marty Squirrel now as the next ROH title challenger.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, I really like punishment Martinez in this match. It, it felt like he took almost into this entire match. And uh, that was probably because he had to lose. Um, but, I I mean, I think the guy... <laughs> I felt bad, though, because um, he did that... Was it a senton or a moonsault that landed right on Squirrel's eye? That ended up cutting. Yeah, uh, and, and he him open. cut open his eye. Yeah. yeah, I mean that looked a little uh, unfortunate. But beyond that, I think uh, punishment Martinez. I came out of this like much more impressed with him than the next guy challenging for the title. Even.
1: Yeah, I would say like he's probably going to be one of their big projects for the year. And I think at some point, like he does like the big over the top goth delivery. It just sounds kind of goofy to a yeah. point. Like it's not top level guy promo that yeah. i feel eventually they'll it, it kind of reminds me of um the undertaker. Yeah, a little bit. You you could you could say that, sure. Where i think it's just it's it's a little it's fine for now where he is, but i think eventually he'll have to evolve out of that. Mm. Television title match was Kenny King defending against former champion Silas Young and they showed Kenny King's daughter in the audience. And Ian Reckaboni was trying to make an analogy using race car drivers. And Cabana just stopped him saying, I don't understand this analogy at all. And said the only race car driver he's aware of is Bob Hawley. And during a vertical suplex attempt by King inside the ring, both tumbled over the top. They went to the floor. Each got in at the count of 19. And unlike where these are very dramatic in New Japan, I don't think there was one person at this venue who believed there would be a count out finish here. King then took out Young with a spinning pescado and he yelled... It's selfie time to the crowd. And he looked around and there was no one with a phone. And then Silas just attacked this guy from behind. And Kenny King looked like such a fool here. Ooh, that's yeah. It was not selfie time for him. That's too bad. He should have had his own. I know. Or his daughter could have been ready for yeah, the spot. Yeah. Young hit Misery, his finish. But Todd Sinclair was not there for the count. So King kicked out. When he did make the count, Young rolled up King and he was in the ropes, and then Young starts arguing with Todd Sinclair for being out of position and screwing up, and then Young leaped onto King's shoulders, and he hit him with the Royal Flush, and Kenny King won. 14 minutes, 35 seconds to retain the title. Um, I I thought this was one of the weaker matches on the show. I I just don't think it... uh, I've seen these two have better matches together, and this one was just... I mean, it wasn't a bad match. There wasn't a bad match on this show, but this was kind of one of the weaker ones, if not the weakest.
0: Yeah, I really just kind of tuned in for the post-match for this one. I, I had so much to get through this weekend, so my
1: apologies. Oh, that's fine. Afterwards, that's the only kind of talking point of this match, was Austin Aries came out carrying all of his titles, including the Impact one, and he congratulated Kenny King on his win, and he said that there's one title he hasn't won in Ring of Honor. So much like Randy Orton, he's got that one elusive title, a secondary one, and that's the television title. So he wants what King has. And they did not announce a date for the match. And I didn't see anything at the television tapings if they set this up for Supercard of Honor. But that's what I would assume this would be for. I I read a report that that said King was going to face somebody else. Um, Okay. So maybe they're prolonging this to another date. Yeah. Sorry. Maybe I'll look that up. Yeah. So um, Aries is like. Has stated he doesn't even have a contract with impact, so he theoretically, like you would figure, uh, was given the go ahead. It's not like he did this uh out of nowhere. He but doesn't I doesn't have a contract. I, I know he I
0: know he said that. He says like no limitations, like no you know, like he, he he boasts about his freedom being able to to work with impact, but I would assume he's got something.
1: Right? I would too. Um what I'm trying to say is that I don't think people should read into this that this is, like, the start of some big Impact versus ROH right. deal because right. I don't know how much sense that would make on ROH's part. Um, Wait a second, though. But him losing to Kenny King, do you think, like, Impact would try to nix that?
0: I don't think so. Interesting.
1: I don't think Impact is is um, dealing with this a point of leverage. world lever- champion, though. Well, I mean, their world champion has he's he's lost elsewhere um, he? um he's I mean he's done house of hardcore shows like he I, I'm anyway I'd I'd have to okay. look at his I mean I don't think that impact's gonna be um and, and we don't even know if it's going to be at a, a pay-per-view where, where they're even doing this match so anyway right, right, right. that looks to be the direction Kenny King Austin Aries Las Vegas Street Fight was next for the six-man tag team titles with The Young Bucks and Hangman Page against SoCal Uncensored. And the audience was going nuts before this match even began. I'm sure this was kind of viewed as the main event to those that were buying tickets to this show. So much craziness in this particular match. Uh, Kazarian ended up getting uh, busted open. There was a fair amount of blood on this show, whether intentional or unintentional, but there was a a bunch on this particular show. Uh, We saw... SoCal and Censored take over the match with Nick Jackson inside of the ring. They did the suck it gestures to Nick repeatedly. Uh, this is when Kazarian blasted Nick with a garbage can shot on the edge of the apron. And then Scorpio Sky leaped from the floor, hitting a Hurricane Rana to Nick off of the apron to the floor, which looked very impressive. Hangman Page also brought back his strap that had nails and thumbtacks uh, within it. This looked insane. They've used it before. Yeah, it's a... Uh... Jesus. <laughs> I I don't... Like, I get it that this is a an extreme strap. But to me, you're eliminating, like, that loud whipping sound, which is... I mean, if you're picking what you're going to take, I would much rather take the loud-sounding leather than this, which of makes course. no sound and is goddamn nails. Yeah.
0: They had a close-up on this. I mean, I don't know if they, they would... Gimmick this somehow, but man, like just to see the close up of it, it was like it was literally nails
1: through a piece of leather. <laughs> uh, SoCal and Censored built up this structure of barricades on the floor, which would come into effect later on Kazarian got placed on a table on the floor Matt climbed a ladder and dropped him with an elbow drop putting him through the table and then Nick hit a 450 splash onto onto Scorpio Sky with a garbage can on top of him had the match won when Shane Taylor showed up to help SoCal Uncensored and pulled the referee to the floor as if, as if he was uh, the commissioner Shane McMahon Matt then threw out his back when he tried to body slam Shane Taylor I don't know why Matt would attempt this Paige nailed Taylor with a kendo stick, lifted him up for the rights of passage, and Nick came back with a uh, coming off the top. And then it ended with Sky choking Matt with a kendo stick with like almost a camel clutch applied, while Kazarian applied a Boston crab. So they were twisting his back, and Matt was forced to submit, and SoCal Uncensored won the six-man tag titles at 18 minutes and 43 seconds. Pretty spectacular match.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought this was excellent an excellent uh like street fight it was again just uh non-stop throughout and i felt like i felt like they they established a real feeling of desperation and just frustration when like hangman was was cuffed up to the post and uh, uh nick was taken out and matt couldn't do anything but tap uh i, I thought they did a great job um I was gonna ask you, oh first of all, it's uh, Kenny King and Silas Young at uh in a last man standing match at Supercard of Honor.
1: Okay. So there you go. That's the yeah. match. So the Aries one is I guess just up in the air for when they'll right. do it. But I also find it neat how like the Bucks are
0: like baby faces totally in Ring of Honor, but or sorry, like Bullet Club in general, they're complete baby faces in Ring of Honor, but in New Japan they're heels.
1: Yeah. I mean they're uh, especially now, like their position like that. At one point, they were very much presented as as heels in ROH, but they just never got much of a heel reaction. And now it's it's kind of they're just now that they're feuding with SoCal and Censored, they're not even trying to to fight that part anymore. So I'm actually looking here at the the Austin Aries uh, record, folks. So he would have won this title like early February, right? I'm so, so sorry I brought it up, John. No, no, no. I was curious myself. I was oh, actually man. just. just Any time I say
0: something where John like um, is unsure, it'll
1: bother him to no end to make sure that he's he's factually right. And it will bother me. Yeah. When you were at one of these matches, when I when Austin well, Aries did, he didn't get pinned. Yeah, that's what I was saying. He didn't get pinned uh, with the Pete Dunne James Ellsworth match. It was Ellsworth was just there to take the pin. Yeah. But Aries was he champion already at that point? Yes. Yes. He oh, he played? was mm-hmm. okay because he also, well, he's lost like tag matches, so not uh, singles matches. Can we expect a clean finish for this Kenny King Austin Aries match? Because I don't know. Maybe they'll put the title on Aries. Maybe they yeah, don't care. Yeah, yeah, sure. Like, like maybe they will. I mean, he will have to lose it at some point, but mm. may- maybe they'll they'll have him win it. For all we know. Uh, let's uh, continue here. Sorry, I just uh. Lost my spot. We clean. then go to... Uh, oh, first of all, we had the kingdom. Vinny Marsalia and TK Ryan stormed the ring, and they attacked the Bucks and Hangman Page, and it led to Bully Ray chasing them away. And Ian Reccobani then noted that it's not just ROH's anniversary tonight. It's also his and Cole Cabana's anniversary as a commentary team, and he gave them a Ryan Sandberg rookie card.
0: That is so sweet.
1: That was so nice. Yeah. You don't um, see this amongst broadcast teams anymore. Oh, like should I, should this I kind gotten, of camaraderie. Should I have gotten you so, uh, something for you? I head? I would love a a Kelly Gruber rookie card way. Okay. Graded. Who would you want? Uh Devon White maybe? Oh, I have one actually. I have one autographed. So a rookie have, card?
0: Not a rookie card actually. I do have an well, autographed. I had I have an Ed Sprague autographed.
1: I have a I have a Devo autographed. What else do I have? I have a ball, an actual game-played ball that was thrown to me by Ed Sprague. Wow. Yeah, I think you've threw- told me this. I'm so jealous. No. Yep. He caught the... It was a foul out, and then he threw it into the crowd, and I caught it.
0: Damn. Yep. Look at
1: you. That's what I want. Your ball. Yeah. I I actually lost the Ed Sprague ball, I think. I have no oh. idea where it is. I have no no clue. Matt Taven and Cody was up next. Now, this was... A difficult match because both of these men are heels, so I didn't know how the audience was going to react here. Um, yeah. Cody is just like he's doing such great work that I feel it's it would have been a real struggle for him in this match to keep the audience against him. But for whatever reason, I I don't think the the crowd was a big issue here. Like they had a larger story to tell beyond just this match, but it was a strange pairing. I thought like it almost felt like it was a holdover from before and everything's now focused on Cody with all the bullet club infighting that this kind of just, they did use this match as a, as a tool essentially to promote the bigger match with Omega. But, um, Cody came out with Brandy and Barry, the drug-free bear and Taven was in control. At one point he yelled, come on, Stardust. And Taven continued until he went for a quebrada, landed on the knees of Cody and, uh, chair was introduced by Barry and the referee took the chair away and Taven then hit Cody with his cane and he used the crossroads on Cody and Cody kicked out of it and Cody kicked out of the climax. He went off the turnbuckle, got stopped and then Cody dove off of the turnbuckle, taking out referee Paul Turner and the audience is chanting for Barry to get involved. When Vinny Marsalia and TK Orion return, they lifted up Cody, Taven kicked him in the balls, but Cody revealed he was wearing a cup so Bully chased Marcelia and TK O'Ryan away again, and then Cody hit the crossroads, won the match in 14 minutes and eight seconds. But the, the major uh, discussion was afterwards. Brandy and Barry get into the ring to celebrate with Cody. Cody has reclaimed his ROH ring, which Taven had stolen. He's posing for the audience, and then Barry shoves down Cody. And Barry, ever so slowly, removes his... Mask his his what do you call these things? The head, Head. yeah, the head. head? Okay, the bear head, and it's Kenny Omega to the the biggest pop you can imagine. This place just lost their minds that it it was Kenny Omega.
0: It was so awesome. Like I knew, I knew it was gonna be. Like I read, I read the spoilers before I watched the match. So I, I mean, it was still fun to watch the match, knowing that Kenny Omega was in that bear suit the whole time because
1: I knew I was. Watching Kenny Omega pretend to be a bear, you know what happened, right? Friday afternoon, they read my preview on the site and they said, "Hey, they said John Pollock is saying we got to have Kenny Omega involved in some way. Let's <laughs> let's fly him in." Yeah. Wow. Damn. Thanks. So Thanks uh, making- I, I too, kind of, uh, I, I watched this pay per view Saturday morning, so I knew Omega appeared too. So it was not the, it was still a great angle, though. Oh yeah, like, really, really great uh, having wow. him out there.
0: So, I mean, like, because they introduced that bear, like, a long time ago.
1: Uh, A month ago, maybe, on Being the Elite. Yeah. Around that. So, yeah, it was a great payoff here with him being there. So, afterwards, though, uh, Cody's been shoved down. Brandy slapped Omega and then grabbed Kenny. And Brandy starts making out with Kenny. And calls him a fraud, and left. He's, he, she said, "You liked it.
0: You're a fraud." So I mean, like they've been like really, I would say, subtle about about. I think the um, the has it uh, been subtle? Well, I mean, they haven't come out and outright, <laughs> no pun intended, said said it. <laughs> but I mean, I thought this was maybe the most blatant uh, indication that yeah, there is something romantic going on between Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi. And it was Brandy Rhodes saying, you're faking it because you liked it. You liked kissing a girl. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of liked it when it was even a bit more subtle to keep people guessing. This almost just kind of spells it out for you. But uh, I mean, I guess the story has to move along somewhere. And it's almost like the story, like what what is this story now? It, they obviously hate each other Cody hates Kenny, Kenny hates Cody but like is Cody out on a mission to uh, I don't know because like, Cody has also said in the past that uh, he doesn't love you like I love you to Kota Ibushi and of course this was also in retaliation for uh, in response to what is it uh, it was Cody kissing Kota Ibushi at uh, one of the New Japan shows, at, at the
1: Honor Rising yes, show the Honor Rising show, yes
0: yeah, so what I I can't fully explain it and I don't think it's supposed to to be fully uh explicable, uh but it is very interesting and and I I mean, I think even getting into the realm of like trying to convey like a real honest uh homosexual romantic relationship in pro wrestling is incredible. And um it's 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 wildly fascinating and again, the most interesting thing going on in pro wrestling right now
1: or could it lead to Kenny and Kota, they they fail to win a major match and then Kenny kisses Cody Kota and it's the kiss of death. Kenny on Kota, like so so what, like a turn? Yes, he nails him with the V trigger afterwards.
0: That could come later. I, I I I mean I feel like that's probably not till Wrestle Kingdom.
1: Oh, I would hope right. that's a long, long-term uh, thing away. Yeah. But there's many different directions they can go. I think the idea of, 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 a, of a protagonist, homosexual character in wrestling is uh, tremendous. Um, it's groundbreaking, man. Like it's, we're talking it, about pro wrestling
0: here. We're, we're any, any indication of that in the past has been as either a heel or a joke, And this was like the best wrestler in the world. Who might be homosexual, and he's he's everybody's idol. Doesn't doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what his sexual orientation is. So yeah, I mean, we'll see where it goes. But they have the the ability to like do something incredible here with professional wrestling.
1: Yeah, it's it's that part of like what they're doing is so uh, different, and it makes such it's just like such a positive statement mm-hmm. that I I kind of don't like the idea of it just being. Like the two end up feuding at the end of this thing, you know what I mean?
0: They could still feud, but I guess like, they could. Yeah, all romances break down.
1: Uh, I guess that's true, and Just and then and then they have a fight in front of sixty thousand people, mm. or at least forty five. Uh, from there. After that angle, and I thought that was one of the high points of this pay per view was some of the mm. surprise surprises they had on the show. Like it wasn't just the wrestling matches; it was like Aries unannounced. It was like the Kenny Omega surprise. Like I think you want to have those things for a big pay per view event that you're getting more than just what's listed on the card. Yeah, yeah. yeah I thought that this was a, they did a good job of that tonight mm. or on Friday, I should say. Motor City Machine Guns against the Briscoe brothers for the tag titles. Uh, they went. 13 minutes, 38 seconds, uh, featured just brawling all over the place. Mark was bleeding in this match after being thrown into the ring post. Sabin took out both briscoes with a dive. Saban even teased a jay-driller onto Mark, but it got blocked, and Sabin then hit the cradle shock, and Jay made the save there. Shelley was placed in the tree of woe, and Sabin then placed Mark in the corner, missed a baseball slide, instead hitting his partner, and then Jay hit the J driller to Sabin for a near fall, and... I was shocked that the audience didn't react bigger because the J-Driller is a super protected move in Ring of Honor and Sabin just kicked out of it and I think that they were banking on that being a way bigger reaction from this crowd that kind of just shrugged their shoulders at it and I almost wish they didn't do it because the Briscoes then just followed with the Doomsday device and then they pinned Saban and that was it. They win the tag titles. I think the right call, I think the Briscoes have been tremendous since this, this heel turn, and they win the tag titles for the ninth time. And, uh, yeah, that was it. I, I didn't get to see this one yet. Do you recommend it? Um, on this show, I would mm, it, it was like in the middle. I think you could you could catch it or, or miss it. And I think if you watched it, it's a fine match, but not necessary to have to go back and watch. Main event, though. Did you see this? Yes. Yes I did. Uh, on your recommendation. This match is awesome. I thought this was um I, I like this match personally better than the the six pack challenge tonight. I thought both main events were very good but this was I love this I match. I think I'm with you man because like that match
0: you have weapons, you have you have six bodies, you have a lot more to play around with. This was just basically
1: pure wrestling for the most part for 26 minutes. Yeah. Um yeah, it started on early with Lethal hitting his suicide dives that he always hits in threes. And as he went for the third, Castle grabbed him with this waist lock and then just pulled him to the floor and hit a German suplex. And Castle's suplexes, like the audience just gets into them and he can hit so many different, uh, from so many different angles, he can hit them as well and utilize that quite a bit here. Um, they fought by the timekeeper's table. And then Lethal went for this springboard dropkick and sent one of the boys off the apron into the arms of Bobby Cruz and then Lethal went for a suicide dive and missed his target and took out Bobby Cruz and Colt Cabana was just beside himself. He was so concerned for Bobby Cruz. Uh, Yeah, I would be. I mean, this was a big deal. Mm -hmm. Bobby Cruz getting physically assaulted here. Lethal, uh, several times in this match, countered the bangerang. He hit the Lethal combination, got a two-count, applied a torture rack, and then another counter to the bangerang was into a roll-up, and then he turned it into the figure four onto Castle, who was able to get the rope break. Uh, lethal ducked the clothesline. He hit the Lethal injection. This got a huge reaction to a near fall. Um, then they fought onto the edge of the apron. Lethal kicked out. The injured knee of Castle that he had been working on throughout the match, and with the figure four, and Castle blocks a cutter from the apron, and instead he suplexes Jay off the apron, and Lethal rotates over um, right onto his front. This was nuts. Like you know how like
0: we were we were talking about WrestleMania 20, how like Angle always teases that German suplex off the apron (laughs) spot, but never does it, and never will. We're in the era where people are doing those moves now.
1: well, thankfully, it didn't mean he got crushed into a barricade upon landing. And, um, yeah, but this was nuts. This crowd reacted huge. Lethal came back with a big series of strikes, but then the Lethal injection was countered. Castle rolled through and on the third try hit the bangerang to win the match. 25 minutes, 58 seconds. They shook hands afterwards, and then Marty Skrull came in, pointed to the title, and that's going to be the title match for Supercard of Honor. Um, Love this main event. I thought the main event and the street fight were the two big matches on the show uh, to go and watch. And to me, this was this was one of Dalton Castle's uh, best singles matches. And on a lot of these ROH pay per views, there's usually a middle of the card match that goes long, and the main event gets short changed. And this was one where they didn't, and they got to go 26 minutes. And to me, it was it was a performance that Dalton Castle really needed to cement himself. As the ROH champion. So I, I thought both did a great job. And this was a tremendous match.
0: Yeah, it really was. Yeah. Like, everything was just executed incredibly well. It went 26 minutes, but, like, it never felt long to me. And then I think that alone is a feat. When you can captivate somebody's uh, attention for that period of time without slowing down. And without making me bored. So, uh, especially after a night of, like, so much great wrestling. So, uh, overall, I mean, I... I thought what I watched was really great in terms of both in-ring and also with the surprises that they managed to deliver on this show.
1: And final thing is, well, not the final thing, but uh, just I'm going to just quickly go through some highlights of the, uh, the New Japan Cup that uh, we are three nights into so far. And uh, we have uh, six participants that have advanced so far. So the first night saw... Juice Robinson defeat Yujiro Takahashi in 16 minutes and 8 seconds. And this was one of the best matches I've seen in years from Yujiro. Um, Really good opening round match. And one that I I wouldn't have pinpointed to be um, all that great, to be quite honest. And I thought Yujiro worked really hard. And the fact that this audience was reacting so... Much to these near falls for Yujiro tells me that they did a really good job. And he had all his big spots. The Tokyo Pimps, the Miami Shine, and then by the end, Juice won with the Pulp Friction. Michael Elgin defeated uh, Tomohiro Ishii in 29 minutes. And I thought this was a big surprise. I mm-hmm. thought there was a good shot. Ishii was going to win the entire thing. So they started off the tournament with a big, big upset. And this was every bit your your high-end G1... Uh, match um, that these Mm -hmm. two had I mean these two have had great chemistry in the past but uh, did you get to see any of this yeah I watched that match
0: Uh, I watched a a number of them so I'll I'll let you know uh, which ones but um, this was like I think about as heavy hitting of a match as you'd expect like this was almost it almost felt like it was a match where two guys went out there and it was just like, I'm going to hit you with this really hard slap. Then I'm going to let you hit me with this really hard slap. Then I'm going to let you hit me with this big suplex. And then I'm going to try to match it. And it was just like back and forth, like one move after another, each person
1: trying to outdo the other, uh, which is, I think what you'd expect when you think of this combination. Yeah. And it was, uh, I mean, that was just one of many of these opening round matches that I would recommend checking out the second night, uh, bad luck. Folly took on Lance Archer. Um, this isn't a slight, but this is probably the weakest of the opening round matches so far. Uh it was eleven oh two. They brawled into the crowd quite a bit. Fale blocked the blackout, which is um Archer's move. It's a reverse uh or it's it's pretty much like a uh reverse splash mountain. Archer then hits a chokeslam and Fale. Uh, was grabbed by the throat by Archer, and he just swatted the hand away and hit him with the grenade at 11.02 uh, to win the match. So Fale advances. And then Hiroshi Tanahashi making his return after the injury angle in Sapporo at the hands of Minoru Suzuki. He came back to take on uh, Taichi, who had just taken on Tatsuya Naito last week. And early in the match, uh, Wei's favorite, Miho Abe, distracted Tanahashi on the apron, and it led to, Ta- to Taichi attacking him with another favorite of ways, the microphone stand, yeah, it's and back. It's back. It's a brand new microphone stand. So he's clearly investing in the gimmick. I, I, can I just tell you how how much I love his theme song? <laughs>
0: it is the best. The fact that he comes out and lip syncs to it is is makes it even better. But just the, the song on its on its on its own, it's it is. I love his whole entrance. I'm really, I'm actually really getting into Tai Chi.
1: Well, you. have you chose, like, the, the best mm-hmm. week of his entire career, mm-hmm. which is this week, these two matches. And granted, it's with Naito and Tanahashi, but his heavyweight run is going pretty, pretty well so yeah. far. Yeah. Um, this was a long match. They went almost 24 minutes. Um, Taichi uh, did uh, attempt a... Uh, a power bomb, which was countered with a uh, a hurricane rana from Tanahashi, who then worked on the knee, applied a clover leaf. Okay, okay, sorry,
0: ch- sorry, to cut you off. But basically, the guy's gimmick is that he he's trained by Kawada, so he does all of Kawada's moves, right? Yeah, he did like the Kawada kicks up
1: on the apron. He did and the Gonzo bomb? He did the Gonzo bomb, which is crazy when you consider Tanahashi and the state of his health at this moment that yeah sure opening round of the New Japan Cup yeah (laughs) dump me on my head it's cool dude uh, Taichi went for a last ride powerbomb got a near fall off of that which was amazing that the, this crowd they were completely believing Taichi could win this uh, Tanahashi hit him with three twist and shouts which are spinning neck breakers and Yoshinobu Kanamaru tried to distract Tanahashi Tanahashi took the mic stand and was caught by Red Shoes Tanahashi stops a low blow attempt hits two sling blades and the high fly flow wins the match in 23-53 so he'll face bad luck Fale later this week and I I guess you could go two ways here. It was either the story of Tanahashi coming back too soon and he gets upset, or he's going to come back and march towards the finals. I don't think he's going to lose in the second round. I think he's probably at least going to the finals. He's going to be facing Fale? He'll face Fale, yeah, Yeah. and I I would assume that Tanahashi wins that one. Uh, But then again, I assumed Ishii would win, so there's no. uh, I'm not the best prognosticator here. There's something so... um... (laughs) lovable
0: and like laughable about how like how uh unabashedly baby face Hiroshi Tanahashi is uh, to the point where he really seems naive where he like falls into like heels traps for like like you know like the girl distracting him and like um Taiji spent a big part of this early part of this match running around the ring only to lure Tanahashi in after him so that he could kick him um, it's just like he refuses to use the weapon, everything, and it all just like causes him more stress in the future. But it's like, man, he's just so unabashedly good that he
1: that he'll look like an idiot for it. He's he's got a dedication to the the character. And then uh, Sunday's show uh, featured Kota Ibushi against Yoshihashi, and Yoshihashi had his right shoulder all taped up. Uh, this was another outstanding match. I think this was one of Yoshihashi's best matches in mm. months, maybe I liked it more than
0: the Naito match.
1: Oh, I 100% thought it was better than the Naito match. Um, yeah, Yoshihashi um, yeah, this was reminiscent of that that G1 he had uh, 2 years ago where he was having some really high-end matches and this uh, I agree, this was much better than the Naito match. Um, they fought into the crowd. Abushi hit a hurricane rana on the floor out of nowhere. And then they fight to the balcony. And I'm just thinking, oh my, my God. God, it's the opening fucking round. Abushi climbs the balcony. Now, remember, Abushi has been banned from performing at Budokan Hall because of doing this spot. He moonsaulted off the balcony. And <laughs> as great as that was, it was him popping up and high fiving all the fans. Like, yeah, look what I just did. Like this guy oh, is just—he's yeah. in a different universe when it comes to charisma and oh, just man. like oh <laughs> man, the
0: like the ability, no hesitation at all. Like he did this moonsault off of the balcony, like he had, like like it was like um, I don't know, a double axe handle off of like the second <laughs> second rope. Seriously, like he just like to see the guy climb up there and just like like he's done this a million times, and I guess he has, but like to just do that. When I think like 99.9% of the population would be shitting their pants. This would be the craziest thing I've ever done in my life. But with him, like gets up there, picture perfect moon moonsault
1: pr- body press, lands on his feet. Like insane. Like it's a compliment to the match, but... Like, you almost forgot about this spot by the end of it. I know. Like, this was 10 minutes in of a 22-minute match that, yeah, it was spectacular. It looked incredible, but I had totally forgotten it by now. Yeah. Did the match need Uh, it? No. No, not at all. But it kind of fits Kota Bushi, who's this guy who's just out of his mind. Uh, the Kamagoye was stopped with repeated headbutts from Yoshihashi as they got back into the ring. Yoshihashi hit a Canadian destroyer and got a two count off that. The crowd just roared in response to this kickout. He applied the butterfly lock. There was a released German right onto Ibushi's neck, which looked fun. Uh, the uh, Karma got countered, and he nailed his Western lariat. Another huge reaction to a near fall. And then Ibushi blocks Karma, hits his own lariat. Yoshihashi sidesteps the Kamagoye, but he holds on to the wrists and lands it on the second attempt, so Ibushi wins in 22 minutes, 24 seconds. Another outstanding opening round matchup.
0: Yeah, I really like this one. This actually might have been my favorite of the opening round, but I know a lot of people might have liked the
1: uh, the main event of this show more. Oh, t- Sunday show was just incredible. If there's two tournament matches to watch, those would be the two I would recommend. Like, this was a great Uh, Mm -hmm. Tournament show Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. Tetsuya Naito Was the main event And the story of this match was Zack Sabre Jr. is the ultimate Submission threat He will smother you He will isolate a body part This one being Naito's right arm And he has 10,000 submissions That he can apply to you He used an STF Then he tied the arms up Like a rings of Saturn While wrapping his legs around Naito's neck Uh, and he had to roll to the rope for a break. Then he started working the ankle lock into his submissions and focusing on the ankle as well as the arm. Naito went for the Destino, but it was countered with a European clutch followed by a penalty kick, and then he went to a knee bar, turned that into an inverted figure four while applying an ankle lock. And then Naito's just screaming as he gets to the rope, Naito's able to hit the Gloria, but only gets a two count. Destino gets countered, and then Saber takes his back, locks on a submission that looked like if you were applying a triangle to someone's knee. That's the best way I can describe it. Yeah, I mean, it was it was like a, the the
0: way in execution, it it ended up being like a banana split, like an Eddie Bravo banana split. Into, yes, with like a, a calf slicer in there, and then also like a stretch muffler in there
1: as well. Was- now. Th- Doing whatever, like making shit up. this banana split, do you want to describe it to people? Because I have had this submission applied to me against my will. Uh, And it was one of the more painful things I've ever experienced. I thought I was going to tear my groin.
0: Yeah, basically, like somebody gets in, gets underneath you and um, basically captures one of your legs with their legs and then holds you, your other leg. Uh, maybe around your shoulder and, and, and sorry, around his head and his shoulder, and basically s- splits your legs apart, forcing you to do the splits. And he, um, Zach Sabre Jr. was basically switching between a variation of that, also with a calf slicer, uh, whenever he <laughs> felt like it.
1: This was, this is my pick for submission of the year. I don't care what I see in MMA this year. <laughs> I am voting for Zack Sabre Jr., Tetsuya Naito for my submission of the year. Naito submits at twenty two forty four, and as much as Zack Sabre took like 75% of this match, the audience was still shocked that Naito lost clean. And Taka is now kind of being used as his Gato and mm. cutting promos for Zack in Japanese as he did after this one. And this was WH's pick to win the entire tournament. And I didn't even know if he'd get out of the first round I think that Zack is probably going to go far, but I think he's going to ultimately lose and he's going to rematch Naito at Sakura Genesis. That's hmm. my prediction. But second round is Kota Ibushi and Zack Sabre Jr. Oh, um, amazing. That's awesome. As I say far, I could see Ibushi winning that. I could see Ibushi actually winning this whole thing. That's my new hmm, pick. Yeah. I I feel like Bobby Heenan now. I'm just changing my picks.
0: <laughs> but I mean that this type of booking is just like as a as a, you know, somebody who who's only kind of diving headfirst into new japan this year like this type of booking is like is really shocking to me because like think about it the guy who just made evented your biggest show of the year uh, yeah he came out in, in a losing effort but you're going to have him lose in the opening round to a guy who is is like a junior heavyweight that is unthinkable but when you watch the match it is 100% believable and i mean in the end does it hurt naito that much I wouldn't say so. Like this, it, it just—it's a. It, this guy's a like really good at submissions. He's well, like the,
1: a. He's a. Monster. It's kind of like what we had been talking about, though. It's like since the loss to Okada at Wrestle Kingdom, and you have this gap before the Jericho program. It's like Naito's just been thrown into these nothing matches with Yoshihashi and Taichi. Now he has something of substance with the rematch with Zack, which is why I feel that will be. Sakura Genesis and uh, Mm -hmm. looking at the way this uh, the rest of the tournament looks uh, Monday morning we've got Toru Yano against Davy Boy Smith Jr. and Chucky T against Sonata Uh, so then those two winners will face and then second round which begins on uh, the 14th this week what day is that what day is your birthday this week Wednesday Wednesday Wednesday. so Wednesday um, Wednesday and Thursday these matches will be taking place we have Michael Elgin against Juice Robinson who do you believe will win that one? Um I'm gonna say well who's who who's gonna who's who are, who are the winners facing? Let me let me hear that first. Uh so Elgin and Robinson, yeah. the winner of that will face the winner of Tanahashi and Fale. So I feel it's gonna be Elgin and Tanahashi. Yeah, me too. Then on the other side we have Abushi and Zack Saber Jr. Uh, against um against the winners the winner of the tournament matches on Monday. So, of those four, my prediction for the final right now is Tanahashi and Abushi, and Abushi finally gets his big win over Tanahashi. That's my new prediction. Oh, that sounds great! Now, if Zack
0: Saber Junior. wins, who who do you see him facing?
1: Tanahashi. Yeah, they did that match back in September. Um, after because Zach submitted him twice during the G1 and then finally lost to Tanahashi in September. You could go to that as a rematch. And um, I just, I don't know why you would have Naito lose now unless unless you're holding off on him and Zack Sabre Jr. for, say, like May at one of the Dontaku shows. I guess you could do that. But it feels like Zach now has something that he doesn't need to win this whole tournament yeah. now.
0: There's been, because uh, Okada has been using uh, the, the Cobra Clutch to finish a lot of his matches, Um his undercard matches in 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 the course of this tournament. There's been some talk that perhaps he is trying to build that up so that he can use a submission against a poten- potential match against Zach Saber.
1: Yeah. Um yeah, it's been introduced. I don't think they've done a great job though of establishing that submission. It's like he hasn't he hasn't really won any key matches with it. It's still the Rainmaker. But it is a story. It's it's something you could do. Um so I, I think your your probable outcomes here are Tanahashi could win and challenge Minoru Suzuki instead of Okada. Um, You could have a Bushi win, which is a really big match with Okada and a Bushi. Maybe even too big to do at Sakura Genesis. And then there's Zack Sabre Jr. I think those are your three realistic possibilities. Interesting. Fascinating. Will you be watching this evening? Um, I won't be watching this evening, uh, but I will watch on Monday morning. I mean... These matches, I don't know how high the expectation level is for Toriyano versus Davy Boy Smith Jr. or Mm -hmm. Chucky T and Sonata. I mean, if maybe there will be some pleasant surprises, we'll see. But I don't think we're going to replicate what we saw on Sunday from those two. Uh, So, final thing before we wrap up is the feedback from the forum at forum.postwrestling.com. It was a pay per view. That means we're grading on a scale of one to twenty, and tonight's Fast Lane Way drew a thirteen point two four. Well, that sounds impressive, but it's what six? Yeah, that that is actually pretty good for a board. It'd be like at six point. We uh, have very tough critics on the forum, so yeah, I think I think the WWE will accept this number as a win. Yeah, six point seven something. I, I'm bad at math. Sorry, my let's bad. let's start off with Matt from Morristown, Tennessee. Tonight's show was much better than Elimination Chamber, which is surprising, considering how boring SmackDown usually is. Rusev and Nakamura was a great opener. I was glad that Rusev didn't dominate 99.9% of the match, only for Nakamura to hit a few moves and pin Rusev. Good showing for Nakamura. I also shouldn't be surprised that Orton won the U.S. title and how hell-bent they are on making history right now. This better lead to a rude heel turn. And for the love of God, stop with the on-screen graphics. Yeah, that's right. The opening video package tonight featured the the mega mix of... (laughs) Graphics. Is- oh, the selfie promos with the text of each person's name. In case no, you weren't sure, it was not- like the holy grail of them. Well, it's not just that. Yeah, like
0: the whole campaign for for Fastlane has been that. Like you've seen. Did you see the AJ promo that that actually airs everywhere? Um, yes. Where he's sitting on like a crate, cutting a promo, and it's yeah, words. Sh- By the way, I, I've been told from a non fan uh, who's who had who commented that she thought, oh, that man. In the WWE ad, has very shiny hair. Oh, so that is the main takeaway from a- AJ. Yeah. Oh, AJ okay. Styles. He's well, got very nice hair.
1: That is the main takeaway from a non-fan. I thought you. Should perfect. Well, wow. as uh, I would love to, maybe we could get a whole top ten of like the shiniest hair. Like who is he? Who who's in contention for this title?
0: There's a lot of wet hair. Yes. Um, AJ's isn't wet. His is just maybe a nice sheen natural sheen (laughs) all right we got a big chauncey who says this show reminded me of an old school in your house it never really dragged and it was fun to watch i loved it instead of a three-way for the smackdown tag titles at wrestlemania do you think they would combine one of the members of the usos with one member of the new day to fight the bludgeon brothers that could have the bludgeon brothers take each member out until there is just one from each side no yeah, i don't think so either i don't like that You're also getting in the way of the the Usos actually having a tag
1: team match at Mania. (laughs) Hey, Jimmy, we got a great idea. You're (laughs) going to sit this one out, okay? (laughs) Uh, Next one. Is there any chance at all of AJ and Nakamura closing the show at WrestleMania? It certainly feels like they're promoting Ronda Rousey. Rightly so as the main attraction. Do you think that's the right direction to go, making that the main event, considering the match quality, might leave something to be desired? I would put Styles and Nakamura on last myself. Ooh, yeah, I know.
0: Looking at like the card now, like we're also dealing with a different audience who I think uh, looks forward to just good wrestling as much as they look forward to star power, and not you know not to say Nakamura and AJ don't have it, but certainly it's not rivaling Ronda nor Brock. Uh, but that said, I mean, I think anything that could make the crowd still interested at that point in the show should go on last and i certainly think aj nakamura is in contention because i mean i don't think you should end the match or end the show on the ronda match it just doesn't feel right
1: no i i, I don't think you need it it's like the the placement of that can go right in the middle of the show and that's yeah. fine like that's that's not a a show ending match and and the brock reigns match i mean
0: it, I, you're you're risking a lot. You're risking a negative reaction to that match. And what is your closing moment of that match? Either Brock, well, Brock Lesnar probably isn't going to win, but Roman Reigns t- fireworks holding the belt. Come on, nobody wants to do yeah. that.
1: Well, they. I mean, that's how they've closed the show the last two years with yeah. with Roman triumphant. Uh,
0: uh, Europe. Okay. Uh, we go to uh, uh Kenrique, who says I was really impressed with the fact that the main event. Was what it was, and more importantly, I cared about everyone's stories. Mostly, both entering, sorry, both entering the match and leaving the match as well. Cena, Styles, Zayn, and Owens all had interesting things happen to their stories. Corbin looked solid and intense for the first time in a while. It's just too bad Rusev had to lose on Rusev Day.
1: Next up here from Chris, enjoyed the show, even though almost every result was predictable. Can Rusa please get a real push? I thought the New Day Uso's match was a lot of fun with each team using the other's signature moves. The Bludgeon Brothers were not a surprise, and while they interrupted a fun match, it's a clear direction now, so it's fine. Very excited for Charlotte Oscar, and Ruby had a really good match with Charlotte. I'm annoyed we're heading for more KO Sammy Shane stuff, but whatever. At least AJ Nakamura is worth getting excited for.
0: We got a Dustin from Maui. The Oscar Charlotte standoff was a holy shit moment. It's pretty hard to buy a wrestler who's won multiple world championships settle for the U.S. title. I kind of see Shane signing with Sammy as a tweener babyface and a tweener babyface run for Kevin Owens. What is Rey Mysterio's injury status, and do you think he's projected for a match with Cena at WrestleMania? Uh, I d- no to the match. No to the match. Um, no to his him appearing at WrestleMania, I would say.
1: Yeah, it seems like the injury he's sustained is is only a partial tear and not a full tear, so that's that's comforting. But it's still a partial tear of his biceps, so I think it's still up in the air of even if he's going to be on the New Japan show or not. I mean, it's mm. New Japan has kind of made it look as though the match is still happening, but it just seems that I think it everything's up in the air for him at the moment. Is that match is two weeks away, and you've just oh, suffered wow. a partial tear of your biceps, so that's. Yeah. You know, um, a concern. Hmm. Joe Carter is going to round things out. Uh, Maybe we have a rookie card of him laying around. Really solid show overall. Both women's matches were fantastic, and all the women involved worked really hard tonight. The main event was great, but I felt it was a bit rushed. Rusev was great, as always. I hope after WrestleMania that he goes to Raw or Joe goes to SmackDown, because I would love to see that feud. Lastly, I don't know who does the editing for WWE, but whoever does it deserves an Emmy. The Ronda and Usos video packages were put together very well. Yeah, I specifically noted the usos and new day video package i thought was really well put together
0: yeah yeah i mean that's nothing new man that that team is incredible
1: so i will say i kind of had a hard time realizing which guy was which i could have used a bit of a guide but nonetheless um yeah good video package there and i think that draws the show to a close way i thought we were pretty efficient tonight boom 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 lots to cover and we we knocked it out one forty-five. 45 well i mean this is the first of three shows we're doing we're doing consecutive shows three consecutive nights of shows yeah. i would guess way by the end of these three shows we should probably know 75 to 80 percent of the wrestlemania card like that should be all locked in over the next couple of nights i would assume so i would also hope that by the
0: end of these three shows we would know what we would be reviewing on friday <laughs> for the post wrestling cafe
1: well you know it's uh we, okay, are okay. The, we are the Shane McMahon program of, of picking podcasts for Friday.
0: Okay, well, here's the thing. Okay, so John and I, I mean, last Friday we set out to decide what we wanted to record as our Patreon-exclusive show for this coming Friday because it's an, it's an off-rewind-away week. It's also not an ask-away week nor any other thing, so it was just an empty week. And then we thought about a bunch of ideas, and then I thought, hey, you know what? A lot of people have been asking us to do reviews of, like, Netflix shows. And Jessica Jones just came out. So let's do that. And John agreed. And I actually started Jessica Jones. I'm about three episodes in. And <laughs> I have no idea how we would review this show. It's just like, it's it's not that crazy. But at the same time, like, it's, it's not necessarily, like, I don't know how much you'll be able to watch John, like, before we even do it. But, like, I don't know how much we would be able to gather from, like, watching three episodes. Because this is, like, it's it feels like it requires a bit more of a deeper kind of, like, I don't know, um, interaction with it from you and I. Um, and I just don't, I'm not confident that it would be a good review. So,
1: I don't know. Well, I don't know how
0: people th- think,
1: you know? Well, you I was glad hear- I, I was very glad I did not start this by the time way changed his mind here. So I, I have not started Jessica Jones. Um, we also have some late breaking news. Okay, let's hear it. Uh, this is from Mike Johnson at PWInsider.com. WWE star Jeff Hardy was arrested on Saturday evening, March 10th, for driving while impaired in Concord, North Carolina. PWInsider.com has confirmed. Hardy, 40 years old, was arrested at 10.20 p.m., According to the Cabarrus County Sheriff's Office, he was released a little over an hour later at 11.24 p.m. No details have been released yet on the circumstances leading to the arrest. Hardy has been hit with a 30-day pretrial revocation of his driver's license, which means that currently he cannot legally drive. Anyway, wow. So there, that was, uh, um, anyway, we will follow that story, but that uh, just coming out as we are talking here.
0: Well, I hear that they've already filmed the final, ultimate deletion.
1: Correct. Yes, they were filming that last week, and it would not surprise me if that is—I would hope they'd promote it at least for a week, but it seems like uh, if the idea was that happening at WrestleMania, that is probably unlikely, mm-hmm. that it will be rolled out on Raw.
0: But I think we could we could maybe assume that Jeff Hardy would have had some involvement in that, maybe even having that serve as his, his reintroduction. Um, does this, like—first do, of all, what do you think of this story, and, and do you think it'll affect Jeff's— role at WrestleMania if he were to have one?
1: I mean, we... I don't think so. I feel that it will likely just be something that is... I don't know. I don't want to say swept under the rug, but I mean, mm-hmm. could be just overlooked. Any. I mean, we just had the the Jey Uso um, True. D- DWI back in January, and that meant that there was no... He wasn't taken off TV. They didn't take the titles off of them. They didn't. They, they just proceeded with plans. So looking at that as the most recent example, I think that makes me think that if they have these plans locked in for, for Jeff coming back, that they're just going to follow through with them. Hmm. Interesting. That said, I mean, Jeff Hardy also has a history. And I think as a company, you'd want to be recognize the fact that you you want to make sure that the well being of this individual is is taken care of. That mm. this is not uh, something that is going to uh, reoccur. Yeah. We'll know more tomorrow. Um, so, have you made a decision about Friday yet, or not yet? What 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 is your suggestion? I don't
0: really have one. I just wanted to uh, think out loud. Maybe our audience will have some suggestions.
1: Okay, well let's announce it Monday night what we're going to do Friday and we're open to suggestions of what you would like for the Patreon bonus show. So we're kind of throwing this out there to our members of the Post Wrestling Cafe. What would you like uh for Friday's uh bonus show? We're yeah. open to suggestions and we'll decide Monday night.
0: Maybe we'll sing. I want to karaoke. Uh, we're not, definitely right
1: not singing. No, definitely not. Maybe we can do that one. Um okay. So, that's going to wrap it up. We are done for the night. We will be back Monday night, following RAW, for our second straight night, and uh, and we'll chat the uh, the two tournament matches from the New Japan Cup. I will watch those at some point on Monday, Uh, and we will see what what Toriyana versus Davy Boy Smith Jr. and Sonata versus Chucky T uh, provides in uh, contrast to what has been one of the best opening rounds the New Japan Cup has ever had
0: those so. matches could be amazing we'd,
1: we'd hey maybe know. they will Sonata and Chucky T could be really good and maybe Toriyano and Davy Boy Smith Jr. is going to be something really wacky I don't know but we'll find out so in the meantime you can go to postwrestling.com if you are a member of the Post Wrestling Cafe you know where to find it it is postwrestlingcafe.com where you can sign up now and $6 gets you access to our entire list of bonus shows including Our recent review of WrestleMania 20, which appears to have been quite a popular show where we and I spent nearly three hours talking about a show from 14 years ago. It was uh, there was a lot to talk about. So much to talk about from from that particular WrestleMania. So that is it. Good night, everybody. And we will chat with you Monday night.